Section 13 of Shakespeare Identified This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Shakespeare Identified in Edward de Vere by J. Thomas Loney Section 13 Chapter 2, Part 2 Method of Solution Failing the discovery of some new and sensational documentary evidence, if any headway is to be made toward the solution of the problem, it must result very largely from the inauguration of new methods of investigation. Even when these lead to conclusions which have ultimately to be abandoned, they give cohesion and definite direction to the efforts that are made, and thus assist in clearing up the situation suggesting new methods, and preparing the way for more reliable conclusions. The writings in question, not having been produced in some distant country, or in a remote age, but here, in England, in an age so near as to have transmitted to us masses of details relating to most unimportant individuals, and yet so little advance having as yet been made, in the direction of either solving the Shakespeare problem, or of pronouncing it insoluble, confirms the impression that in addition to the mystery purposely thrown over the authorship, the investigation has not yet been prosecuted on right lines. Prepossessions of one kind or another have stood in the way of sounder methods, for people who spend themselves in glorifying every new detail discovered about the Stratford man, or who lose themselves in the labyrinths of Baconian cryptograms, can hardly be expected to assume the impartiality necessary for the invention of new and reliable instruments of inquiry. The clearing out of all this impedimenta is therefore the first essential condition of any real progress. Ridding the mind of all such personal prepossessions, we must now make a beginning from some hitherto untried standpoint. The standpoint adopted at the outset of these researches, and already indicated, was to assume the complete anonymity of the writings, and to apply to the search for the author just those ordinary methods which we should have had to apply if it had been some practical question involving important issues of life and conduct. What, then, is the usual common-sense method of searching for an unknown man who has performed some particular piece of work? It is simply to examine closely the work itself, to draw from the examination as definite a conception as possible of the man who did it, to form some idea of where he would be likely to be found, and then to go and look for a man who answers to the supposed description. When some such man has been found, we next proceed to gather together all the particulars that might in any way connect him with the work in question. We rely, in such cases, very largely upon what is called circumstantial evidence, mistakenly supposed by some to be evidence of an inferior order, but in practice the most reliable form of proof we have. Such evidence may, at first, be of the most shadowy description, but as we proceed in the work of gathering together facts and reducing them to order, 
as we hazard our guesses and weigh probabilities, as we subject our theories to all available tests, we find that the case at last either breaks down or becomes confirmed by such an accumulation of support that doubt is no longer possible. The predominating element in what we call circumstantial evidence is that of coincidences. A few coincidences we may treat as simply interesting. A number of coincidences we regard as remarkable. A vast accumulation of extraordinary coincidences we accept as conclusive proof. And when the case has reached this stage, we look upon the matter as finally settled, until, as may happen, something of a most unusual character appears to upset all our reasoning. If nothing of this kind ever appears, whilst every newly discovered fact adds but confirmation to the conclusion, that conclusion is accepted as a permanently established truth. The above is an epitome of the method of research and the line of argument we have followed. In reviewing the work done, the critic may disagree with one or other of the points on which we have insisted. He may regard this or that argument as trifling or insufficient in itself. And it is possible we should agree with many of the several objections he might raise. It may even transpire that notwithstanding all our efforts to ensure accuracy, we have fallen into serious mistakes, not only in minor details, but even upon important points. A danger to which the wanderer into unwanted fields is specially liable. It is not, however, upon any point separately, but upon the manner in which all fit in with one another, and form a coherent whole, that the case rests. And it is this that we desire should be kept in mind. We proceed, therefore, to present a short statement of the details of the method of inquiry, outlining its several stages, as determined prior to entering on the search. 1. As a first step, it would be necessary to examine the works of Shakespeare, almost as though they had appeared for the first time, unassociated with the name or personality of any writer, and from such an examination draw what inferences we could as to his character and circumstances. The various features of these would have to be duly tabulated, the statements so arrived at forming the groundwork of all subsequent investigation. 2. The second step would be to select from amongst the various characteristics some one outstanding feature, which might serve best as a guide in proceeding to search for the author by furnishing some paramount criterion, and at the same time indicating in some measure where the author was to be looked for. 3. With this instrument in our hands, the third step would be to proceed to the great task of searching for the man. 4. In the event of discovering any man who should adequately fulfill the prime condition, the fourth step would be to test the selection by reference to the various features in the original characterization, and, in the event of his failing in a marked degree to meet essential conditions, it would be necessary to reject this first selection and resume the search. 5. 
supposing the discovery of some man who should in a general way have passed successfully through this crucial test the next step would be to reverse the whole process having worked from shakespeare's writings to the man we should then begin with the man taking new and outstanding facts about his performances and personality we should have to inquire to what extent these were reflected in shakespeare's works six then in the event of the enquiry yielding satisfactory results up to this point we should next have to accumulate corroborative evidence and apply tests arising out of the course of the investigation seven the final step would be to develop as far as possible any traces of a personal connection between the newly accredited and the formerly reputed authors of the works this then was the method outlined at the start and in the main adhered to throughout the investigation we are about to describe one which might be justly styled a coldly analytical process quite at variance with literary traditions and the synthetic soul of poetry but which it appeared was the method proper to the case the danger of the plan was not that we might have too many claimants for the honor but that its severity might cause us to pass over the very man for whom we were looking supposing his name and personality were really accessible to us at any rate it avoided the random picking first of one man and then of another in the hope of alighting eventually on the right one after the manner of certain other investigations supposing and it is a perfectly reasonable possibility that every other trace of the writer has been effectually destroyed beyond what we have in shakespeare's work then of course the inquiry must in the end prove futile for any false selection would almost certainly break down under the various tests leaving an altogether negative result for our efforts in the event of anything like a really good case being made out for any man there seemed a chance that other investigators with more leisure greater resources and a readier access to necessary documents than the present writer possesses might be led to more important discoveries opinions may differ as to the soundness or appropriateness of the course outlined but as it is the result of researches pursued in accordance with it that we are about to describe it was necessary to lay bare the method at the outset however crude or commonplace it may appear for so lofty a theme end of section 13 recording by david martin